This podcast is dedicated to the memory of David Faraday, Betty Lou Jensen, Darlene Farron, Cecilia Shepard, and Paul Stein, and to Michael Mejot and Brian Hartnell. This is Zodiac Speaking, a classic gunpoint Family podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. The 408 Cipher is probably the most famous cipher in American history. There's some of the ciphers that are included around the CIA, statues, and a couple others, but of all the ciphers that have been cracked, none are as mind-bogglingly simple and simplistic as the 408 Cipher that still get attention. Because for the most part, it's a single substitution cipher. There are some inadequacies to that substitution, I think would be the best way to put it. And quite likely some purposeful failings of it. But more so, it's not a completely cracked cipher. Or maybe it is. The 408 Cipher was delivered in three parts to three papers. Each one got 136 characters. There are no spaces. It is not formatted into a paragraph style. It is a block of text where more or less the same characters, which are all found in a book called The Code Breakers, which is a classic dealing with how codes were developed over history and in particular focusing on World War II. But one of the strange things about the 408 cipher was how it was broken. Supposedly it was also broken independently by the FBI, but famously it was broken by the Hardens, Betty and Don Harden of Salinas, California. The question becomes, how did they break it? And they didn't necessarily use what we call the brute force method. They didn't do an analysis of the text to see what were the most commonly used letters, what were the most commonly used letters in position to one another. Instead, they focused on a concept, a conceptual breaking, which is actually very similar to how Polish mathematicians broke the enigma. Mathematicians knew that these were good German officers sending these messages. They would either sign on or off with Heil Hitler. Here, Betty Hardin suggested that they look for the word kill, and supposedly even said should look for the phrase, I like killing people. And that paid off. The two characters for the double L. Initially B and a semaphore flag type uh, indication. But there's so much more to this. You could find all the characters in this, in the Codebreakers, of course. 
their combination of traditional and reversed letters of international semaphore flags of mathematical symbols. The character that often gets the most attention is the circle with a line through it, which if you put another line through it becomes a zodiac symbol, which is apparently represented H. Famously, the opening line was, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is when I die, I goes on and on and on. Once you have the double L concept, once you have found two L's together, and two L's is the, I believe, still the most frequently doubled letter. Double L, double T, double N. Double T, of course, in things like written, smitten, bitten, anything with the E-N at the end, pretty much killing, though, which is why they focused on the L's, makes so much sense. And in a single substitution cipher with variation, you could have things where the first appearance of a letter is always going to be one character. In this case, the B. And the second one is only used as the second appearance of the previous letter. but it could also be the second occurrence of that singular letter, and I think that's what's in this case. That does make it more difficult to crack, of course, because if you're not seeing exactly the same two letters next to each other, you don't know that they are paired together. But then if you always see one character with the next, so if you remove the need for it to be exactly the same letter or character. But you're still seeing these matching sets. It becomes more interesting. Because once you have the double L, you know for a fact that the letter prior to that is going to be one of the vowels. And in particular, if you're thinking kill is going to be one of them, you know what the I is. Well, I becomes very important. I and A are really the two most important. Once you have I figured out, particularly with a character like Zodiac, because there is that idea that Zodiac is a narcissist, Once you have that, it becomes very easy to start to work backwards. K is less important. But, for example, if you find the U, the B, and then the semaphore flag, 
you have a limited set as to what the ones before it could be. For example, if you have ILL, you then have, of course, Bill Thrill. Things that you can start to work backwards from. So, for example, Till, T-I-L-L. It's not a frequently used word, though T is a very frequently used letter. And one of the things that fascinates me about the cracking of this wasn't necessarily that they were able to do it so quickly. And they took them, I think, 24 hours, roughly. Or they spent all afternoon working on it, I think Betty Harden said at one point. But they managed to crack it by cracking the idea of the person who was creating the code. And he made it very easy to do that. The kill rampage concept, all of this, the text of the message is far less important. Until you get down to these characters at the bottom. I believe all of them appear in the text above. But they don't seem to map. And there are lots of people who say, well, look at the columns and how uh, some of them get used and not, not used in the column. And then for, therefore, it's some sort of indicator. Could well be. One thing that fascinates me about it is there are no repetitions in them. Anyone who has done things like analysis of character, analysis of number patterning, patterning will know that lack of repetition is far more significant than singular repetition when looking for patterns. And while we don't necessarily use them in many of the most frequent words, well, this, the, they, them, he, she, it, we, as, but will does have it. It is not necessarily unlikely that you won't get a, if in 80 characters, that you won't get a, that you won't get a repeat. Although some say that there is a repeat, actually. That uh, the character in O, a zero with a circle in the middle is repeated as the first and then the tenth, ninth, the first of the ninth characters. That is actually telling. But what's interesting about that is that they are broken out, but they are on two different lines. Now the idea of characters being in facing different directions is important. The idea that a character may appear with different formation may be of importance. I really believe that it's the final 17 characters that are the most important. Perhaps that final circle with a dot in it is meant to represent a period. Because when you look through the rest of it, it does, it does appear. But the question becomes why are these letters in a different code 
than the rest of the message. This is not unknown in cipherology. Cryptography, it's not really particular, it's sort of frowned on, but in cipherology, it's much more important because usually it is an indication of what the follow-on message or the response is or should be. The 17 characters on that last line could simply be the alphabet for what the follow-on message should be. If you know what the original message meant and you ordered them in the order that was understood by the creator of the messages, because it could be that he knows that he has, there are, I think, 73 or 74 different characters. He doesn't necessarily need to be them in A, B, C, D, E, F, G, even though they represent those letters. And this could actually be the code. This could be his alphabet, as it were. The first 17 letters of it. For the next message. I believe this theory has been placed onto the future ciphers that were sent and has not quite panned out. This, I really believe, looking at it, and I've seen alternate theories about the cracking, and I believe this was meant to be cracked. I believe he encoded it the way that he did with the knowledge that someone would be able to solve it. I also believe he didn't think the police would be the ones to solve it. That's an important idea. If he was writing something for the police to solve, one, he would have sent it to the police. But then he doesn't get the publicity. Now, it could have been he meant to become the person who solved it publicly so he would get that adoration. That's a possibility. And there was a famous uh, letter called the Concerned Citizen Letter, which is written the next day, which talked about how the code was would be cracked and may not have had any knowledge of the Hardens' actual cracking, even though that news was out there. The problem is, this message does nothing. This message is more or less a press release. This is, here is what I do, and I'm going to keep doing it, in some flowery language. It doesn't reveal his name because he doesn't want to get caught, he doesn't want to be stopped, even though he indicated that, yeah, this will tell you who I am. The key to the rest of the messages, I really believe this, lays in those undefined characters at the bottom.
And I'm not just saying that because I think it is the code, the key to the next set. I think it's an indication that he intended people to work, to break this one, to make them work on his next ones. Which he either would make insanely difficult or unsolvable. And on the next episode, I'll be talking about how he could have been doing both of those things at the same time. This is not a simple message. It's a simple encoding scheme as ciphers go. But the message itself is very complicated. I will not give you my name. You will not know my name. He will not give you the name in this. You'll slow down or stop me collecting slaves for my afterlife. That's the end of the message. What that does is it tells us he wants us to take this information and expect that the next message will be the one that answers. He is always building his, not only his name, but he is building what he wants you to do next. And then he gives you nothing. Or does he? There are lots of people who have lots of theories, and there's actually an excellent three-part uh, discussion about the 18 characters on ZodiacCiphers.com. I don't necessarily agree with them, but it is well-reasoned and very intelligent. Using the code methodology that the Hardings used to break the first 390 characters, you get E-B-E-O-R-I-E-T-E-M-E-T-H-H P-I-T-I. -I. Fascinating, right? Yes, you can anagramize those into dozens of different words. The word orient is almost in there. I tend to think he is giving a snapshot of what is next. I also don't think he thought it through. And I think the reason he didn't think it through is because I really believe that this cipher was the edge of his experience. In other words, I don't think he was a trained cryptographer or cipherologist. I think he was had some knowledge in that area. Perhaps he worked in, a, in the Signal Corps. But I don't think he worked necessarily in the encoding or the code creation divisions. More likely he was something like a key, a key operator. He was sending out messages via the teletype. And he had some knowledge. This is not an intelligent cipher. At the same time, it is not a super intelligent cipher. This is an open, this is not an open question. This is a closed loop question. 
In other words, it's really contained. As a killer, Zodiac is often seen as an expansive killer. He wants to be outdoors. He wants to have control. He doesn't want to be interacting so much. And when you look at Lake Berryessa, it kind of shows that he was uncomfortable in that scenario. Even though he planned to be in that scenario. I tend to disagree. I think Zodiac was a very confined killer. I think he wanted his people to be as trapped as they could in a space. Shooting people in cars. And then you get the Lake Berryessa killing. There wasn't a lot of places they could go. And I think he did intend to shoot them and then notice it through other people. Out on the lake. And then Paul Stein is the most confined of all. You could also argue if was Kathleen Johns was one of his potential victims. He had her in his car. Controlled in his space. For it was meant to be broken because it was so confined. It was limited. It was relatively simplistic. It was solvable. And I really believe Zodiac believed everything he was doing was solvable. He even alluded to this in the letter after the, the Paul Stein murder. The Hardens did good work. And it was because they were thinking of the person making the message. The 408 is a classic cipher, and I'm hoping that by understanding it, it will give us some insight into the other ciphers that are out there. <laughs>